Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Breaking news tonight, deadly virus alert, a second American infected. Tonight, the CDC says more than 60 possible cases in the U.S. In China, 35 million people now quarantined. Shanghai Disneyland, even parts of the Great Wall shut down. The case for obstruction at his Senate trial. Democrats argue President Trump tried to block Congress from investigating and accuse him of being played by Vladimir Putin. He's promoting this kooky, crazy server theory right next to the guy that cooked it up. And the new bombshell. Was the president caught on tape ordering aides to fire an ambassador? Stuck in Washington instead of on the trail. Our interview with Bernie Sanders. What he says about impeachment, the election, and the cost of his plans. You don't know. Nobody knows. This is impossible. You're going to propose a plan to the American people and you're not going to tell them how much it costs? Blast waves. An explosion rocks a Houston warehouse, killing at least two. Looks like a tornado ripped through. Windows blown out. The blast felt miles away. Why are police now calling it a homicide investigation? Grammy Awards fallout. The superstar singer who won't perform Sunday night. Plus the new backlash after accusations the awards are rigged. And Steve Hartman makes a boy's dreams come true. It's music to our ears. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good Friday evening. There's a lot of breaking news as we come on the air. We'll get to the president's impeachment trial in just a moment. But we're going to begin with the outbreak of that deadly coronavirus from China. Tonight, a second American has been diagnosed, this time in Chicago. And the CDC says they are investigating more than 60 possible cases. Now, in China, the pneumonia-like illness has killed dozens and 35 million people there are now locked down, unable to travel. In the city of Wuhan, where the virus 
started, they are scrambling to build a new hospital by the end of next week. Tonight, the State Department is urging Americans to stay away, and airlines are letting passengers cancel flights there for free. Ramey and Asensio is in China, but we're going to begin tonight with Dean Reynolds in Chicago. Dean? Nora, the patient who tested positive for the coronavirus is currently being kept in an isolation room at an undisclosed hospital here in Chicago. She is said to be in good condition, but the CDC warns us to expect the number of these cases to rise. Tonight, with potential new coronavirus cases being investigated coast to coast, the virus is definitely here. Today, we learned that among the thousands of passengers arriving at O'Hare International Airport, was one woman in her 60s who returned from China 11 days ago with a problem. She was infected in Wuhan, right. China, so she starts to develop symptoms three to four days after getting back. Feeling unwell when she told her doctor about Wuhan, the center of this outbreak, he placed a mask on her face and sent her right to the hospital. We are looking very closely at any of her, um, any of her contacts. On Tuesday, a man in his 30s became the first U.S. coronavirus patient. Today, he's in satisfactory condition at this hospital north of Seattle. Nurses trained for Ebola patients are providing his care, wearing hoods and face shields and using respirators to filter air. You should be expecting to see additional cases of novel coronavirus in the United States. I'm Ramey Innocencio in Beijing. In the ground zero city of Wuhan, an army of excavators is in a frantic race to build a hospital in the next 10 days, with 1,000 beds for those sickened by the virus. As patients continue to pack hospitals, medical supplies are running low. Public transportation has been suspended. Toll plazas have become security checkpoints. Fear seems infectious throughout the country, including the capital, Beijing. If this were any other Chinese New Year, this park would be crowded with people celebrating the holiday. But coronavirus panic is keeping most people at home. That includes tourists. Shanghai Disneyland has been shut down. Parts of the Great Wall, too. Officials took the extraordinary step of restricting travel in 11 cities, putting 35 million people on lockdown, almost the population of Canada. And we've just learned about three brand new confirmed cases in France. Those are the very first coronaviruses in all of Europe. And the country's health minister says they expect more to follow. Nora. All right, Ramey, thank you. House managers in the impeachment trial used their final day of arguments to accuse President Trump of a cover-up. And then there was this stunning charge from Congressman Adam Schiff alleging the president repeated Kremlin propaganda and undermined U.S. intelligence. Nancy Cordes reports from Capitol Hill. This was a declaration of total defiance of the House's authority to investigate credible allegations. Obstruction of Congress, the managers say, continues to this day, as President Trump threatens to block key witnesses from testifying in this trial. There's no telling how many government officials would have come forward if the president hadn't issued this order. Some Republicans told us they've already heard enough. I'd challenge anybody here if there was one new piece of information. Senator, on one hand, you're saying there's no new information. On the other hand, you don't want to hear from new witnesses? If it's just going to delay only, I think it's a question we all have to ask. Do we need more info? Democrats say yes. I mean, I've tried cases from the Richmond traffic court, and I've had cases in the U.S. Supreme Court, and everywhere in between. You do not have a trial without witnesses or documents. 
The prosecution's bottom line today, President Trump embraced Russian propaganda and pressured Ukraine to do the same. He's promoting this kooky, crazy server theory cooked up by the Kremlin. It's a breathtaking success of Russian intelligence. When it comes to obstruction, they said the numbers speak for themselves. 71 congressional requests for documents were ignored last fall by six different agencies. The president's defense team will have a chance to explain that when they begin their opening arguments tomorrow. Nora. All right, Nancy, thank you. A new report says President Trump was caught on tape at an intimate dinner at his Washington hotel discussing the ouster of a U.S. ambassador with two controversial figures now under indictment. Paula Reed is at the White House with this story. There is new evidence tonight of the president's efforts to oust then U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch. The recording of a private dinner at the Trump Hotel in April 2018, reviewed by ABC News, reveals Mr. Trump telling former White House aide John DeStefano to get rid of her, get her out tomorrow, take her out, a full year before Yovanovitch was removed. The dinner party included Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, two now indicted associates of Rudy Giuliani, who told the president Yovanovitch was criticizing him to colleagues in Kiev and stood in the way of their desired investigations of the Bidens. Our opinion uh, that she is bad-mouthing him. And his reaction was he looked at me, like got very angry and basically turned around to John DeStefano and said, fire her. I don't know them. The president has repeatedly denied knowing Parnas or Fruman, despite appearing in multiple pictures alongside them. This afternoon, he also denied Denied discussing Yovanovitch's firing at the dinner and defended her removal. I have a right to hire and fire ambassadors. The president has made his views about Yovanovitch well known, calling her bad news in the July 25th conversation with Ukrainian President Zelensky. I was shocked. Absolutely shocked. California Democrat Adam Schiff said the president's dinner conversation supports the ongoing impeachment efforts. It would certainly corroborate much of what we've heard. Sources on the president's legal team say these new recordings will not impact their case. Ever mindful of television ratings, President Trump complained today that his lawyers will begin their case tomorrow on a Saturday morning, which he dubbed TV's Death Valley. Nora. All right, Paula, thank you. President Trump isn't the only one who thinks a Saturday Senate session isn't the best idea. We spoke today with Vermont's Bernie Sanders, one of four Democratic senators running for president here in Washington, with the Iowa caucus just 10 days away. On Saturday, the president's legal team will make their presentation. Is there anything they could say that would change your mind? Look, I am functioning as a jurist. I want to hear all sides. Uh, but I will tell you right now, what has upset me the most and upset the American people is how do you have a fair trial when you don't have witnesses, when you can't get documents? What is the president? What are the Republicans hiding? I want to talk about your agenda. You want the government to pay for everyone's health care. I want the United States to do what every other major country on earth does, guarantee health care to all people as a human right. But you've been confronted by voters on the campaign trail and acknowledge that there will be job losses as a result of such a plan. Is that a hard sell that your plan yeah, is going to Yeah, if it were cause... true, it might be a hard sell. The American people want a health care system, though, not for huge profits for the drug companies who are ripping us off every day and the insurance companies. At the end of the day, we will create more jobs. Will there be some job loss? Yes, there will. We're going to create more jobs. 
We need more doctors, we need more nurses, we need more psychologists and psychiatrists to help us deal with the opioid epidemic. There'll be a net plus of jobs. You are a self-proclaimed socialist. Democratic, put in there, please. Thank you. Your agenda has promised free health care for everybody, free college tuition, and to pay off people's college loans. The price tag for that is estimated to be $60 trillion over 10 years, correct? Well, look, we have political opponents you don't who know, come up. You don't know how much your plan costs? You don't know. Nobody knows. This is impossible. You're going to gonna propose a plan to the American people and you're not going to tell them how much it costs? Of course I will. Do you know exactly what health care costs will be? One minute. In the next 10 years, if we do nothing, it will be a lot more expensive than a Medicare for all single-payer system. Let me ask you about Vice President Joe Biden. He is looking for an apology for a video circulated by your campaign that he says takes his position on Social Security out of context. Will you apologize? No, of course I won't. Not on that one, I won't. For many, many years as a United States Senator, uh, Joe Biden has been on the floor and elsewhere uh, talking about the need to freeze or cut Social Security uh, benefits. He voted uh, for the uh, balanced budget amendment. So you believe it is wrong that Vice President Biden supported a freeze of cost of living adjustments in Social Security. Absolutely. Bad vote. I voted against it. There are ways to raise money in order to protect the working families of this country. Cutting Social Security ain't one of them. All right. Senator Bernie Sanders, thank you for being here. Thank you. And tonight, police in Houston are asking people who live near a warehouse that exploded to search their property for any debris that might reveal a cause. At least two people were killed in the blast this morning. And Maria Virreal reports it sent a shockwave through the neighborhood. This porch camera captures the moment a massive explosion rocked a chemical warehouse in Houston early this morning. Flames engulfed the Watson grinding and manufacturing facility for hours. The debris field stretches up to two miles from the blast. Some homes close to the explosion were knocked off their foundations. This one damaged from floor to ceiling. Houston Fire Chief Samuel Peña. We have about 199 homes in this, in this area. The majority of those are, are, have received some sort of damage. The ones that are more proximal to the area of the blast are, are damaged heavily. A criminal investigation was launched to determine whether arson was involved. It blew all the way to the front door. Chris Santif was sitting at his kitchen table when the blast happened. All the glass here blew through. Santif and his wife are now staying at a hotel. You expect natural disasters in that. But you don't expect somewhere, something to blow up by your house that you even didn't know was there. The warehouse that exploded is about 200 feet just over this line of homes. We know they had a clean record and the owner is working with investigators. Nor almost every home in this neighborhood looks just like this one. It could be weeks, if not months, before anyone's able to return. Mm, that's tough, Maria. Thank you. With music's biggest night now 48 hours away, there is news tonight about the Grammy Awards. Taylor Swift ended speculation that she would perform at the show. She won't. This comes amid accusations that the award nominations are rigged. Here's Vladimir Dutier. We can leave the Christmas lights until January. Not only is one of music's biggest stars not taking the Grammy stage, Entertainment Tonight tells CBS News, she's not even going. Taylor Swift is nominated for one of the biggest awards, Song of the Year. The category rocked by allegations from suspended Recording Academy CEO Deborah Dugan, including that this year's Song of the Year nomination was manipulated to include a less deserving artist. 
Can you name who that is? I don't want to name who that is for the artist's integrity. The Academy Hi, says everyone. Dugan's allegations Dugan. are false. If even a little bit of these allegations are true, the Grammys organization has some real soul-searching to do. The Academy suspended Dugan last week, saying it's investigating allegations she created a hostile work environment, which she denies. Thursday, Grammy host singer Alicia Keys said she's right. always wondered about the process. Yeah. Like, I think it's always been a little bit confusing. As artists like Tanya Tucker rehearse, the cloud over the show grows darker. And now, without one of its brightest names. Vladimir Dutier, CBS News, New York. Tonight, an Arizona woman who dreamed of becoming a mom after battling cancer is considering her next move after losing in court, and her battle could impact the future of fertility treatments. Carter Evans looks at this emotional case. This was my last chance to feel motherhood, to be able to carry a child and feel a kick. Ruby Torres is coming to terms with the fact that she may never give birth to her own child after the Arizona Supreme Court ruled that she must donate her seven frozen embryos to someone else. It hurts very much to know that they won't be with me that I may never see them grow. Torres froze her eggs in 2014 after she was diagnosed with cancer. At the time, she and her husband both agreed to give express written consent before one could use the embryos to achieve a pregnancy. If the couple divorced, they agreed to donate the embryos. When the couple did divorce in 2017, her ex-husband refused to let Torres use the embryos. No one should be forced to become a father with his ex-wife against his wishes. The court agreed, saying Torres must follow the contract she signed and donate the embryos. But her case propelled Arizona lawmakers to create a first-in-the-nation law, which now says in the case of divorce, frozen embryos will go to the spouse who intends to use them to have a baby. The law won't, however, help Torres. It hurts, but I'm also glad that maybe somebody else who wants the opportunity to have a child will get to have one. Carter Evans, CBS News. We love to end the week on a high note, and Steve Hartman was happy to oblige. Here's tonight's On the Road. He's only in third grade, but nine-year-old Henry Boyer of Howell, Michigan, already knows what he wants to be. Last fall, he attended his first University of Michigan football game, and he was wowed. They were that good? My mind was blown of how good they played. But it wasn't the football that he fell for. It was the marching band. And from that moment to this, Henry has been rocking out to their CD. Let's go blue. And watching old halftime shows on YouTube. He even wrote a letter to the band saying how he'd love to sign up someday. In response, they sent him a bunch of swag and a card, inviting him to audition when he's old enough. I just really liked the card. What were you feeling in that moment? Surprised and heartwarmed. His mother got it on video. What did they say? They said they are oh, going to accept me in a few years. Into what? Into the marching band. Are you excited? Yes, I'm that really was, excited. That was nice of them, huh? Mm -hmm. Jeff and Kim Boyer. Yeah, I mean, just such a simple act to, to, to reach back out to him. It, it's changed his world. Well, yeah, he's on fire for music now. Henry asked if he could double up on piano lessons and started taking drums, too. Like the card said, Practice hard, and I will practice hard. So you can get there someday. 
Yes, I just have a really good feeling that I'm going to be in the marching band. If all goes as planned, Henry will join the band in the fall of 2029. But we thought, and the school agreed, that's an awfully long time to wait for a dream to come true. So we set up a little surprise right behind this door. No way. Henry, this is your Michigan marching band. No way. Oh, <laughs> we're so excited to have you here with us, Henry. I can't believe I'm here. The Michigan Marching Band wrote out a single note, and just look at the symphony that followed. You got it. A masterpiece of kindness and inspiration that struck a major chord in this young man's life. So now, hopefully, no matter where his music takes him, Henry will always follow the lead of this marching band and play it forward. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> Steve Hartman, On the Road. You guys have the best music ever. <laughs> In Ann Arbor, Michigan. I can't wait to join. Oh yeah, it'll come soon. A masterpiece of kindness indeed. We'll see you tomorrow for live coverage of the Senate impeachment trial starting at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. Have a great weekend. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.